Welcome to the Revelation Church podcast. We trust today's message will speak to you. If you'd like to get in touch, just drop us an email at hello at revelationchurch.org.uk. Morning, Rev. At the start of today's sermon, I want to ask you a question, and the question is this. What do you do to remember? And before you start thinking about to-do lists, uh, or writing on your hand, or even writing on your forehead, I'm not talking about what you do to remember the things that you're supposed to do, your to-do list. I'm asking you, what do you do to remember those important moments of your life? The things that have happened in your life that are significant and that if you were to forget them, that you would somehow lose something of your uh, sense of identity and sense of confidence for the future. What do you do to remember? I guess the most common things in our culture would be things like birthday or anniversary celebrations. Normally you get some friends around or family, some special food, and it's a way of remembering, hey, I was born, (laughs) or or, hey, uh, we got married, or this important thing happened, or that important thing happened. We want to remember on this day, Three years ago, we, we have uh, commemorations, don't we, for like Armistice Day, the ends of the end, ends of huge wars where we remember, remember the fallen, we remember, we, we take it to heart, we, it, it, it becomes part of our national consciousness, it becomes part of our, our consciousness, we, we, are, we are making the effort to remember. Now, as we go through the book of Joshua, with this theme of entering the promised land, what you need to know about the people of Israel is that they were, they were a people whose culture and tradition were full of memorials. And they weren't just memorials that they had thought up. They were memorials given to them from God. So it's a few examples. The Passover, that terrifying night when, um, when uh, destruction went out across all Egypt and the firstborn of every household uh, was destroyed, except for those who had painted the blood of the lamb on their doorposts and, and, and destruction passed over, judgment passed over them. That, the Israelites were told every year you're to remember, remember, you're to have a, a memorial feast where you remember the Passover. Um, there, was a, there was written memorials. Uh, there was a moment where in the history where God said the Amalekites, who were a particular people group, a nomadic people group, who um, they followed the people of Israel and, and they attacked those at the rear end, those who were weak and those who, who were struggling. God says, God says to the Israelites, I'm going to blot out the Amalekites from under heaven. Write this down as a memorial. They will not escape my judgment. We find with, with the grain offering, we're told of the grain offering that they were to take a portion of the, of the grain offering. The Israelites had many different offerings that they would uh, bring to the Lord. They were to take a portion of that and that was to be a memorial offering and it's not clearly and obviously specified what that was about but it seems that it was probably just a sense of remembering the covenant that God has brought us into this amazing relationship of of love and faithfulness that God has brought us into uh, with himself. The Feast of Trumpets is described as a memorial day of rest uh, where it's a solemn day of rest but it's a memorial we're remembering We'll blow the trumpets and and we're remembering, most likely remembering that trumpet blast that went out from Mount Sinai when God appeared um, in uh, tremendous, terrifying awe 
an awesome presence of God um, in, in thunder and lightning on top of the mountain there, and there was that sound of that trumpet, that trumpet blast, again signifying that moment of covenant relationship. Um, also, there was a, a time where the Israelites, after battle, they, they, they brought the gold plunder as a memorial offering, again, remembering victory. God gave us victory. And so they were a people whose culture and tradition was infused with different things they would say, do, acts, moments, days, uh, uh, writings, offerings that helped them to remember, helped them not to forget, helped them not to allow what the Lord had done for them, with them, um, what the Lord had said to them, not allow that to escape out of their, their minds. We're going to read the passage today, Joshua chapter 4, the first seven verses, Joshua 4, verses 1 to 7. Last week we looked at how the, the, the whole nation crossed over the River Jordan as, as the Lord held the waters back at a place called Adam and where they piled high miraculously. We're going to pick up the story, chapter 4, verse 1. When all the nation had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Take twelve men from the people, from each tribe a man, and command them, saying, Take twelve stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the very place where the priest's feet stood firmly, and bring them over with you and lay them down in the place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the twelve men from the people of Israel, whom he had appointed, a man from each tribe, and Joshua said to them, Pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel, that this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come. What do those stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. These stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. So everyone's passed over, everyone's passed through on, the, on dry ground, this amazing, miraculous miracle. And then Joshua says, before the, before the priests with the ark step out of the river, because once they step out, the waters are going to gush through again. Before that happens, one man from each tribe gather a stone right from the place, from the place where we crossed. See, it, it, it mattered, it was important. They don't just pick up a stone off the side or any other, no, no, no. Where we crossed, find a stone from there, gather it, and we're going to set these stones up together. Not 11, not 13, 12. Why? Because there was 12 tribes. God brought the complete number of us over the river, and we're going to set it up as a memorial. We're going to set it up so that whenever we see it, we remember. Whenever we see it, it brings to mind this incredible moment. It brings to mind what the Lord did for us. It stops the escape of our memories. It, it preserves that sense of identity. It preserves that sense of who our God is. It preserves spiritual truth in us. This is important. We're doing something physical and we're setting something up here physically, um, which is going to remind us, remind us, it will be a reminder for us of what the Lord has done for us. Think about those, those things that I looked at here when we looked at the other 
memorials. There was the Passover. Um, then there was um, there was the the memorials that represented a record of God's judgment and that whole kind of idea. There was memorials around covenant. There was memorials around victory. But I think in 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 this memorial moment we see all those things. We see even in this passage here it talks about the ark passing over. When the ark passes over, it talks about the ark passing over the river again, just bringing that language back to mind of this idea of of God's presence passing over. And then the waters stop heaping up there. Waters are often representing judgment in the Bible, heaping up, not sweeping us away. As we looked at last week, the inevitable sweeping away of us if God draws near to us in judgment because of our sin, because of the, 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 the corruption that's in us. Now that's been held back. By the, by the mercy of God, this idea of covenant, God has promised us this land. God promised to give that land to their forefather, Abraham, centuries before. It's promise, it's, it's promise um, from the Lord. And then also this idea of victory. God is, see this city right opposite you here? Uh, Jericho is going to be the first one to go. God is going to give you victory. So you see all of these things coming together here in this moment of memorial. And God is saying to them, And I believe that the Lord definitely wants to say to us today, remember, don't forget. Don't forget. And what you find is, is that the theme of memory is a really strong one running through the whole of Scripture from beginning to end. Even the idea of God remembering his covenant, God remembering the promises that he's made, stirring him to action. But then even as we get into the New Testament, I've just got a few I, I get randomly selected scriptures here. But just again to show you this thing that comes through to fill our minds with this idea of remembering today. Um, John 15 verse 20, Jesus says, remember the word that I said to you. A servant is not greater than his master. Remember. In Luke 17, 32, remember Lot's wife. You don't know about Lot's wife? Well, Read about her. Look it up. Read about her. And then remember. One of the parables Luke told, uh, Jesus told in the Gospel of Luke. Remember that in your lifetime, you in your lifetime received your good things, and Lazarus in like manner bad things, but now he is comforted here in your own anguish. Remember. Luke 23:42. Thief hanging on a cross next to Jesus. Jesus, remember me. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus turned to him and said, today, you'll be with me in paradise. The Apostle Paul, speaking about a conversation with Peter and John, they asked us to remember the poor. The very thing I was eager to do. I was eager to do. The Apostle Paul, writing to the Ephesians, remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope. And without God in the world, remember where you were before you were born again. Remember, don't forget, remember how it was. Remember what your life was like. Paul, writing from prison to the Colossians, remember my chains. Don't don't forget me here, pray for me. Remember my chains. Paul, writing to Timothy, as I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. Paul writes into Timothy again, remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David. God speaking in the book of Hebrews, 
I will remember their sins no more. Notice that. Not I will forget their sins. Forgetfulness is a sign of weakness. I will remember them no more. I will choose not to remember their sins. That's a powerful thing here. God knows we are a forgetful people. God knows that when difficult times come, it's very easy to forget his blessings. It's very easy to forget his faithfulness. It's very easy to forget answered prayers when we're battling in prayer for something and the answer doesn't seem to be coming. It's easy to forget other answered prayers. It's so easy for our spiritual memories to flood from our mind. Many of us struggle with the condition known as spiritual amnesia. (laughs) We forget. We forget the goodness of God. We forget the kindness of God. We forget the faithfulness of God. We panic. We fall into unbelief. We fall into fear. We fall into self-preservation. We stop trusting for him to protect us. It's so easy to do. You find the Israelites doing it very, very often when they're in the wilderness following the Lord. They forget the deliverance, the amazing salvation, and they start to hark back to the life they had before. And they describe the life they had before. They talk about the garlics and the onions that we used to eat and the cucumbers. All we've got now is this this manna, bread from heaven, all we've got. All we've got now is we used to have garlics and onions and cucumbers. You used to be slaves. Every male child of yours was killed, thrown in in the river. You, You were forced to make bricks, but you weren't given the straw to do it. You had to find the straw to do it. You were oppressed. You were brutalised. How about we had cucumbers and garlics and onions? Spiritual amnesia. You start looking on past days with rose-tinted glasses. You forget. It's so easy to forget the kindness, the grace, the mercy that we have found in the Lord Jesus Christ. How do we remember? How do we remember? There's so many different ways that we can, but it's vital that we do, isn't it? In Psalm, Psalm 103, many of us who are familiar with the book of Psalms will will, will know this one well, where David says, bless the Lord, O my soul, he's talking to himself, bless the Lord, all that is within me, bless his holy name, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not, forget not his benefits, forget not. His benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity? Who heals all your diseases? Who redeems your life from the pit? Who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy? Who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles? Forget not. Interestingly here, David isn't praying actually in this part of the psalm. He's talking to himself. Bless the Lord, O my soul. All that is within me. Hey, you. Bless his holy name. Forget not his benefits. Don't forget. Sometimes speaking to ourselves is very important. Sometimes listening to ourselves too much can be very dangerous. We speak to ourselves. Come on, sort yourself out. Straighten your head out. Get a hold of yourself. What's the matter with you? That's healthy. Don't forget what the Lord has done. Don't forget his promises. Don't forget his faithfulness. It's such a healthy place to be and to grow into as believers. There's one particular way that the Lord has given us to remember, and that's communion. It's a memorial meal. 
as we take the bread and the wine, we remember his body broken for us. We remember his blood shed for us until he returns. So there's looking backwards, we remember, and there's looking forwards, we anticipate his return. We'll all be taking communion in our hubs this morning. We'll be taking the bread. We'll be taking the wine. And in doing so, we're saying, I will remember. We're saying, we will remember. We won't forget the amazing mercy that's been shown to us. We won't forget that God so loved us that he gave his one and only son. We won't forget that. We won't allow that to drain out of our heads. We won't allow that to dribble out of our hearts. No, no, no. We're going to keep coming back and we're going to keep having this meal. Why? Because we are saying we're taking our stone out of the river. Remember where the miracle happened. Get the stone there. We're going, to, we're going to go to where the miracle happened at the cross. That's where the miracle happened. Well, Jesus died there, but if you're in Christ, you died there too. The old you died there. If you believe in Jesus, the Bible says, you were crucified with him. It's mysterious, but it's glorious. So we go back there with the bread and the wine. We're remembering that's where the miracle happened. His body was broken. His blood was poured out. And as we take physically this into ourselves, we're saying we will remember that we have been shown grace that we have been forgiven, that we have got new life. It's a really a wonderful gift to us, this bread and this wine. It, it brings us back to that place of remembering. And I also want to just uh, say one more thing before I finish, and it's that Joshua also wants to make the point that this isn't just for them. It's not just for them in their moment. He says, when your children ask in time to come, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them. The waters of the Jordan were cut off. Before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. And you know, for us, we have this, we have this message that's more glorious than that. That was a that was a pointer, that was a signpost. We've got the message, this most extraordinary message. God has come. <laughs> you know, so many people say, if there's a God, why doesn't he come? He came. He came in his, in his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. God has come to earth. The Creator came and in that sense uh, took on created form, became a, a man, fully man, fully God. The judge became the judge. Absolutely extraordinary. What a message. I want to just say to us, let's pass this on. Let's pass this on. The Bible says, be ready. Be ready to have an answer to those who ask you about your hope. Why do you hope in Jesus? Why do you hope in Christ? Be ready to have an answer. It's like Joshua said, what are these stones about? Be ready. Tell them. Let them know. Those stones are there because of what the Lord did. Why do I have this hope? I have this hope because Jesus died and rose again. Death has been beaten. That's why I've got this hope. And so those of us who are helping people, who are seeking Jesus, who are wanting to find out more, It's important that we that we grow in our confidence before God to be able to tell them that there's a miracle, an extraordinary miracle has happened <laughs> that has changed my life and that can change your life. When we're discipling and helping new believers, maybe if we've got young ones in our lives that we're responsible for or have some connection with, maybe our own children, maybe nieces, maybe nephews, they ask questions about our lives while we believe, what we believe. Maybe we've got siblings who are much younger than us, they're interested, they want to know. Why, what, what is it about Jesus? Why do you love him so much? We can tell them. We, we remember, we live in memory. 
and, uh, and we pass it on. This is the thing, you see. The more alive the gospel is in our own mind and heart, the more we want to just pass it on. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. The more full we are with gratitude for what he has done for us, the more that we will pass this good news on. As we take the bread and the wine today, let's remember. And then as we go through our day today, let's remember. And as we embark upon a fresh week, let's remember. Let's not allow spiritual amnesia to get the better of us. Let us remember this amazing gospel, this amazing message of Christ crucified and risen and new life in him for all who repent and believe. Amen. God bless you.